All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. For Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. Uh, tomorrow we hit the road for Cavens. And then it's we're leaving at 11 on Friday. So I'll be like live. What are you thinking, like one hour, line. 9 to 10 or something? That's the way it's looking right Yeah, now. that's cool. I mean, if you need to look, if I don't you think need to take to the bail. whole day off, it's fine. No, no, no. I don't. I'm not going to miss a Friday before game day. There was a part of me that was really shocked how early we were leaving. But then I realized early game. So they're Yep, 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 yep. I think the team's leaving right around the same time too. So and we're staying we're all staying in Omaha, which is an hour away, so that's a little different, but should you be and fun I weekend. should probably do a little off air how does Friday look for us? Because we've got some features we got to hit. Maybe we pre tape a few things. That'd be okay. Yeah, that'd be I'm cool. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. It's always fun though, kinda and then as soon as you pre-tape someone, a quarterback breaks his leg or two receivers <laughs> right. become ineligible right away. <laughs> One of those two things. I think I went three and three last week. I have my picks written down because uh, my big my big get was obviously Michigan not covering their 50-plus points <laughs> from yesterday or from the weekend. Oh, and my BYU pick, which was BYU. still scoffed on Big 12 radio. But ding, hey, ding, ding. I was right. Oh, so it was not well-received? No, because by one Mr. Neighbors. Oh, well, I think Josh and I actually were on the same page, but I was basically called stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a moron. How dare you? How dare you disrespect Baylor? I think I, I'm not. Did it not become obvious that the coaches weren't obviously that confident with Blake Shepin during the way that game was called in the third and fourth quarter? I mean. We want to elevate dudes to all-world status based on a very small sample size. I give you Spencer Rattler. Blake Shapin has been in one true road game in his career as a starter, and it was Saturday night, and look what happened. They did not have the confidence to let him throw the football. Now, we're only two games into the season, long way to go. I'm sure they'll bounce back against Texas State this weekend, but bro, the Big 12's tough, man. It's t- I'll tell you what, Baylor. I don't think West Virginia is going to just suddenly roll over. I think it's still going to be tough to go up there in Morgantown and play, even though Kansas did just go beat him. Did you well, see JT Daniels presser? The way that we're talking about Kansas probably needs to start changing. I, I think that we're looking at Kansas as, oh, man, what, what a joke. They lost to Kansas. I don't know that Kansas is a bad football team anymore. I think they might be okay. I think they might be okay. I'm not saying that they're top half of the Big 12, <laughs> but – I don't know that they're just this doormat that everybody just, you know, cleans their shoes off on as they walk into the crib anymore. The over's already been hit on wins this year, right? Or was it two and a half? I think it was two one and a half, half. I think. Uh, okay, so we maybe one and a half some places, but two Gosh. and a half in a lot of books. How nice would that be? And, and, and guess what? They're going over. I think they are too. I think there'll be some teams. All right, it is time for the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Located off I-44 and exit 107. They got the OTB rolling, the off-track betting. Front Row Sports Bar, located at Newcastle Casino, has monthly drink specials. And you become a new member at Newcastle Casino and earn up to $250 in bonus play. All right, we got a lot. We got like 10 stories to fit into five. So here we go. Big story number five. Number five. Uh, I am disheartened, disturbed by the Brett Favre story that is out there. Newly released a text to show 
that Favre and others worked to channel at least $5 million of the state's welfare fund to build a new volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi where Brett Favre's daughter played the sport. And the text exchange included Favre saying, are we sure the media won't find out we're funneling money from have you are you just now catching up on this story? Oh my god. Funneling money from those in need to this. Yeah, it's Oh it's dude. Ugly. It's an ugly story right now. That's verbatim what the like Yeah, I, I can dig into the story. I just was i I've I've clicked it so many times I feel like I, I ah, can't take enough. What's one more click? What, what's one more click to Mississippi dot com? <laughs> but uh basically uh, it was just left Brett Favre. Oh, shoot. Hold on. I almost cussed. Can we help he him have... with this project? We should meet soon to see how I can help you out. The newly released text, that's not the obviously damning one, show that Favre, the Governor Bryant, uh, and others work together to channel money from the state's welfare fund to build the new arena. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, if you were to pay me as another – Okay. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from? That was one text from Brett Favre. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and, and everything seemed to be angled with, will the media find out? Uh, hey, he's media savvy, right? He, he knows. If they find out about this, probably not going to look good. Everyone's favorite joke last night was, oh, Brett Favre finally gets in trouble for text messages because of the whole. And then I saw the uh, – because of one sexting, yeah, incident. and then I saw the that suddenly that means that old girls involved Jen, whatever her name is, and she has to write a big old long Twitter note about it. But yeah, not sexting a, looks pretty tame compared to this. Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely not something that I think you would be you would be wanting to be involved in. Oh my goodness! If you were to pay me, would they know where it's coming? There's another one. Couldn't though. he have just used some of that Wrangler's commercial money for this? You would think there's more here, and I don't know why I'm not finding it right now. But there, there you go. The I don't know toss to Jerry Rice or whoever. It's not paying enough. He can't help out fund the facility himself. If you were to pay me? Is there any way? Okay, thanks. Um, the welfare fund. Oh my. No, Gosh. we never have had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good. Are they going to get jail time? I think there's a chance. I mean, I there's they, a chance. They've got to, right? Yeah. So anyway, Brett Favre uh, involved in a scheme to funnel funds from the welfare system in Mississippi to build a new arena for USM Volleyball. Holy smokes. That is so bad. So bad. All right, so Brett Favre at five. Big story number four. Did I hit the sounder for five? Yes, I think so. I well, feel like here you go. number five. All right, and then here is uh, big story number four. Number four. I mean, it's. Ask me what I had for dinner last night. I have no idea. I don't even remember what we opened the show with today. I just I have ADD, man. ADHD. I got I got to so, hear those sounders. I want to cram a lot of stuff into four. Uh, first off, I've had this cut up all day because I think it's fantastic. Yesterday, Sam Pittman was asked about being ranked and kind of the response to uh, Arkansas is in the top ten. It's a big deal. Listen to Sam Pittman because I got to tell you something. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite coaches in college football. <laughs> what does it mean? It means we're number 10. Head hog, man. I, I like that dude a lot. Yeah, he's cool. It, it does kind of give you some perspective, and I know some fans don't want to hear this. I remember when 
I remember in, I, I, it's not like I knew Brian Odom like Teddy did, but I tried to get to know Brian. I really like Brian Odom a lot. And we were getting ready to tape a coach's show, and they had just won the Big 12 championship the first year he was here. And he goes, that's the first conference championship I've ever won. And he goes, it's, it's the first time I've won 10 or more games as a coach. And you just take these things for granted a lot of times. When you hear Sam Pittman talk about Arkansas, a school in the SEC, that, I mean, listen, they have a lot of money too. A lot of money in Arkansas. And to hear him say, hey, man, second time been in the top ten, we're proud of it. Kind of gives you a little pre- – if we're not in the top ten, people are freaking out. You know, it's, it's it kind of gives you a little perspective. Also in big story number four, I was going to give a shout-out to the OU volleyball team, not just because I was writing about them last night, but they went on the road and beat Abilene Christian. They are off to the best start of the Lindsey Gray Walton era. Oh, let's go. Uh, 2016 was the last time they've started this well, 8-2. and two. They are home on Friday afternoon at 1 o'clock against Texas Southern. They won last night in three sets. Also, according to a report this morning, looks like 2023 athlete Malachi Coleman out of Lincoln, Nebraska, has now what's the there's fonged, right? Is there another one for rivals? Josh McQuishan, I guess, has crystal balled him to Oklahoma. Oh, he got McQuishaned? Is that do they is that a thing? No. Okay. I don't know. We can make it one though. I'm I like still Josh. Even though I still crack up that Eddie calls him McQuishan. I've had like five people. I'm like, I think it's McQuishan, but anyway. That's getting dangerously <laughs> close. Very over scary. Six five one ninety six. Whoa. Um out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Four-star athlete, Malachi Coleman. Looks the part, dude. So it looks like he, as of now, is being projected to go to Oklahoma. So what's that get us to? Big story three? Number three. Let me nerd out on some media talk here real quick. Yesterday, during the Marsh and Oran podcast, they got into a conversation about the Pac-12 TV rights. And I'm not going to lie, it had been a minute. Since I had heard anything about the Pac-12 media rights and how the conversations are going with ESPN, so I thought, hey, this is interesting because it might involve the Big 12 a little bit. Here's what Andrew Marshans had to say. Oh, one more business. That guy. Yeah, yeah, a little nugget. I think the this is interesting for our college football fans. I think the Pac-12 and ESPN hundreds of millions of dollars apart. They are not even close. So that is going to be interesting uh, where that goes uh, in terms of negotiations and will teams jump. Because when you're that far apart, that means something has to happen. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't have information on this. But something just maybe a little conjecture. Do one of the digital players get involved with uh, the Pac-12, right? Apple, for example, loves to buy everything and then sell subscriptions. And they did that with the MLS. The Pac-12 just had this problem of not being, you know, with the Pac-12 network. And you couldn't find it. And it's, you know, obviously not as successful as the ones that partnered with uh, Fox or ESPN, but money talks. And if Apple can make the case that we're going to pay you, we're going to bundle the PAC 12 and they can get the money that they're looking for. uh, Maybe that, maybe they come into the picture, but right now the issue for the PAC 12 and perhaps the big 12 as well is just leverage, right? They've already spent a lot of money. So I think their way that doesn't make, that doesn't mean a deal won't happen, but they're going to somehow have to strengthen their hand if you're um, both, especially the Pac-12, I think. The Big 12 has already expanded a little bit, uh, and I think they could try to pick off some Pac-12 teams. So that is something to watch uh, for our college football fans out there. And 
Yes. What does ESPN want? What does? Yeah, it sounds like they don't want to pay what (laughs) the Pac-12 is asking. Or do they want them in the Big 12? If all of a sudden Oregon and Washington and, you know, whichever Pac-12 schools, Stanford, Cal, if all of a sudden there's this big mega league, then does ESPN say, okay, yep, now we'll pony up. Here's here's what we'd rather have, Brett Yormark. We'd rather have that fourth time zone with you guys making a play for Oregon and Washington as opposed to having to deal with Arizona games, or the, right? And then we've got our ESPN Plus platform that we're continuing to push from the streaming right. side. I mean, it's just you have to ask those types of questions. Would but, the deal get done if there's some shuffling of the decks? But the question then has to be asked, would ESPN view the Big 12 more valuable than the Pac-12? Like, these are numbers from the Pac-12. We have no idea what and if they could be talking about with the Big 12 either. Yeah, no clue. Are, are there hundreds of millions of, you know, of a gap right there, too? Probably so. Probably so. Okay, um, big story number two. Number two. At the very least, it's worth keeping an eye on. Big story number two. All right, we got a lot of NFL stuff to get to. I... Did the Mike Martz stuff yesterday do much for you with him just dumping all over Justin Fields and Trey Lance? It really didn't for me. Uh, I think need to see more from from both. Obviously, Fields has a larger sample size than Trey Lance. I'm not ready to write any sort of uh, eulogies for yeah. Trey Lance after one start. Here's one thing that I would say, is, and I noticed this because Rob or Rex Ryan was on Pat McAfee's show. It's... There's people that you learn. We want to be entertained, right? I don't find it entertaining when an old coach just basically tries to find his niche by dumping all over someone, right? I, I don't, I don't get that. But, but again, maybe I'm getting too old. Maybe this isn't my lane anymore. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett talked about his decision to kick a field goal late in the game and from whether, 64 yards, whether or not it was the. It was the right call to go ahead and you know, try looking, to kick it from 64 out. Go ahead, Coach. Maybe. Now it doesn't want to play. Nate. You know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not you know, one of those things. You look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards be able to, you know, getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. And then you hit the mark, you know, the mark that we had all set before we started. We said uh, 46 yards, uh, 46 yard line was where we wanted to be. And uh, we got there. So we had to make it. I think you're telling me that whenever <laughs> you guys were meeting, I got. Oh, hell yeah. We're at the 46. You, a 63-yard field goal was whatever. Hey, what do we got to – he had to mess up. He had to think that it was 36, right? And that's even a boot, man. That's – okay. I mean, I'm that's very, like I'm the, very happy he's coaching in Denver right now. This is a heck of a hire. So far, so good. That's like the, okay, well, we've got a last gasp opportunity at a field goal try from right here. Again, I keep coming back to – you paid Russell Wilson a ton of money to be able to pick up fourth down and fives like that. Unreal. And big story, of course. Oh, wait, hold on. One more at number two. Here was Steven Jones on the Cowboys offense and what needs to happen now going forward. Steven, 
Steven? Well, I, I think we've certainly got to step up and, and do better. And that's a, you know, those uh, the passing game goes hand in hand, the quarterback and the receivers. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, we've we've got to be better there. I mean, CD's got to, uh, you know, he's got to improve and and work his way into being the number one receiver we think we can. Obviously, uh, you know, you've got a guy like Michael Gallup who's going to be coming sooner than later. And, uh, you know, there were flashes at times. Noah did some good stuff out there, and Houston did as well. But uh, uh, And certainly Schultz uh, was steady and, and consistent uh, in terms of, you know, the plays he was making. But, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a hold. Tampa Bay and uh, Tom Brady to 19 points. You got to think you got a good chance to win that game, but uh, we just didn't get the job done. There you have it. Gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Let's come back and go uh, all in on some highlights. More highlights from the Brent Venables press conference. We heard a little bit from Mickey Joseph earlier. Let's hear what the new Nebraska coach thinks about Oklahoma. Plus. More on that Nebraska vacancy and coaches, teams' response with interim coaches after the head coach had been fired. It's all coming up on a busy Wednesday on the Home of Sooner Fans. We were talking about potentially having to pre-tape some segments tomorrow, our Friday. Do you know what the bonfire calls their pre-tape segments? No. The lost tapes. <laughs> In case something stupid is said, it's gone. It's lost. You don't need it anymore. We'll the, see. We'll figure it out tapes we're traveling on friday so it makes things a little bit crazier uh we're we're brought to you in hour three as always by the good crew at roof tech of oklahoma locally owned and operated for 30 years called josh tucker at roof tech for all your roofing needs 405-703-4245 all right um mickey J- joseph on the idea of stripping it to the studs right it's like okay so Clean start, fresh start. What is this week like? Is it like starting over? Start from scratch. Just like you said, we tell them we start from scratch. We move everything, everything to the past, and we start from here. We have nine, we have nine more opportunities, and we're capable of winning games. And that's what I understand. The first, the first opportunity is this weekend against OU. A really, a really, really good opponent. Really good football team. In what ways do you? We had one more. Address the issues on defense in, in your new role. Well, I met with Coach, Coach Shins, and um, we're going to play faster. We're going to tackle in practice. We're going to detail what we're doing with our kids. We're going to make our kids hold themselves accountable, and we try to fix the problems. By the way, the next question you would hope is, all right, well, what are the problems? Yeah. I, no, that's exactly right. I was just thinking that. His cadence would be really hard. I was just texting Toby. Um, his cadence makes it – he's like, okay, are you done? You know, Do, do I jump in here? Wait, where do I ask my question? But he seems very obviously passionate, very Aranda-esque. I think the one thing that we – kind of came away from is wondering how how much of a shot does he have at this job? I think this is along those lines. Confidence and let him know that I believe in him. Block out the noise. Block out the noise, what everybody's saying. 
and come come to the come to the building every day, prepared to win at practice, and knowing that you're capable of getting the job done, and don't doubt yourself. And that's what I'm feeding them. I'm feeding them confidence. So here's the question then. Um, is feeding them confidence enough to get them to that next level? Is this a squad that is loaded enough with talent to where, hey, all they need is that little extra boost and they're going to be okay? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. We'll find out. He, he's, an, he's got an impressive resume, right? I mean, this is a guy that you, you kind of look at his, his – co- I'd heard that there were several places – that wanted him to come coach. I'd heard him being rumbled as a potential spot. At, you know, he was at LSU last year. The they wanted his, Brian Kelly reportedly wanted to stick around. Um, I had heard rumors that USC wanted him to come out and be their running backs coach. And again, he's had a history as a running back and a receivers coach. He's got ties to Oklahoma, not just playing against Oklahoma when he was a, a Nebraska Cornhusker, but. He coached for a season or two at Central Oklahoma. So it's a it's a guy that is well-respected. I can't wait to see how this plays out. It's definitely different, right? It's definitely different. It's, it's a unique cadence. But we'll see how it works for Mickey Joseph. What would he have to do? To oh, get I the, forgot he was at Langston, too. I forgot he was at Langston as well. Sorry, I mean, it, realistically, is there anything he could do to get the interim tag ripped off? I don't think there is. Uh, I mean, win the Big Ten West, I guess. Be competitive in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's a dramatic turnaround and all of a sudden this is a – I mean, I, I could this team be a top 25 team by season's end? I mean, I guess if they lose one game the rest of the way or something or two, maybe, but – I just – I don't know. I don't know that there's anything he can get accomplished that gets him to be the full-time head coach. Um, Good point. I think – can I make it – well, Brady Sexton is joining us, right? Is is Brady – do you want to just let, – let's get him in here because I think Brady from scratch is in the house. Uh, Brady Sexton. What do you think, Brady? What do you think it would take – and by the way, it was good to see you today. Glad we finally get a chance to catch up. Good morning, good afternoon. We're in that window yeah, where it's I, I'll tough allow to figure good out. afternoon. Yeah. Um, what do you think <laughs> it would morning, take fellas. for Mickey Joseph to be the full-time guy at Nebraska? Do you think he's got a shot? Who are you asking? Oh, asking you, Brady. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My bad. My bad. For Nebraska <laughs> no, this week. What, what, what do you think I'm it would in... take for him to be the guy? Oh, he doesn't have to win today, or he didn't have to win this weekend. I think uh, just showing an improvement would would get him a step closer, and then you know making some noise in the Big Ten. I don't think anyone has any thoughts that he's going to you know just take over and start winning every Big Ten game they play. I don't either. I don't either. I, I will say I find it fascinating. I wonder. You know, last year we all fell in love. I'm using an NFL analogy here, Brady. We fell in love with Rich Passaccia as Raiders fans, right? It's like, oh, Rich needs to be the guy. But then you wonder, would it have been okay if he was still the the coach and Mayock was still the GM? I mean, again, they lost their opener. We'll see what happens. But don't you kind of need a little bit of a different perspective? I can't help but wonder if that's what's going to happen in Nebraska too. So, Are you excited about OU Nebraska this weekend? Does it make you feel some kind of way? Oh yeah, man. I mean, I'm I grew up in Norman, so I I remember playing them 
way back. My dad had all the T-shirts, you know, Big 8 T-shirts from Nebraska games. And, um, yeah, I know what a big deal it is. I've always known. And those games in the 2000s were just incredible. So it's a, it's always fun. And I think it's going to be just a, the atmosphere is going to be incredible. And those guys, I mean, every, every OU always gets everybody's best. That's, that's just the way it is. But those, they've got good players on that team, and they're going to play the best they're going to play their whole career in college. Eat at scratch.com. Brady Sexton is, is uh, Brady Sexton is in the house. Tell us what you got going on, man. I know you guys are busy. Game days are always fun. Post games are always fun, but you got a lot going on over at Scratch and several of your other entities, right? Yep. I am almost to Durant right now. I'm driving down to taste our bottled old fashioned with the Choctaw Nation to get uh, get the, them serving it in all their all their outlets in their casinos nice. down here in southeast Oklahoma. So uh, and that's what I'm really focused on right now. We are going to give away uh, a bottle of Old Fashioned to every single person who buys one between now and the K-State game, uh, takes a photo of themselves with it while tailgating on Saturday at the K-State game. Uh, the, the following week, you bring in your receipt, show us that you posted it on social media, and we'll give you a free bottle right there in the restaurant. Nice wow. little buy one, get one, baby. I like it. And this is... This is a creation that what, Brady's kind of near and dear to your heart whenever you put this together. Does it come from any soup? I know there's not tons of secret recipes when it comes to the old-fashioned, but is this the Brady Sexton way of putting one together? Yeah, it's. Um, it, there's no secret because uh, <laughs> the, the ingredients are listed on the bottle. <laughs> but they're the best ingredients that you can make an old-fashioned Love with. Uh, bitter Cube Bitters made by my friend in Milwaukee uh, who – Grew up next door to me. He's from. He's a Norman kid. Ira Koplowitz. Uh Bitter cube bitters make you know bring all the all the fruit and citrus flavor. Um, we get this sugar from the island of Mauritius, um, which is just east of Morocco, um, little tiny island in the Indian Ocean. And that sugar is so dark and decadent. Um, and we just have a source for it that we can buy it in hundred pound bags, and most people can't. So we just get our hands on the best stuff, and it's mixed up in Guthrie, Oklahoma, now at Prairie Wolf. Uh, the folks that make Wonderfolk Spirits, they're doing really excited to work with us, and we're really excited to be with them. We just switched over to them, and um, they're really helping us put out a, a superior product. All right, so let's lay out what can we do, Brady. What's do we need to? Is it available in liquor stores yet? Is it just going to be at the restaurant? How can we go about being a part of this? Buy one, show yourself tailgating, celebrating with it, get one free deal. Yeah, well, I know that uh, Kathy over at Joe's advertises with you guys and, uh-huh. and she's she's going to keep it and she's got it in stock nice. um, and then all the other all the other stores in norman as well but i want to plug her place since she she's she works awesome. with you guys um yeah and i love I, I live near that store i'm in that store all the time I, I love those that that place um but yeah you just just pick it up anytime between now and the k-state game just save your receipt and then uh you know make your social media post on saturday tailgating and then bring just bring the receipt by the restaurant the following week and we'll we'll give you a free bottle by the way, yeah. before I let you go, Brady, how excited were you about the way the, the Bears persevered on Sunday? I know it wasn't pretty weather-wise, but that was fun, man. Oh, man. I, dude, that is pretty weather-wise, <laughs> honestly. For football, it is glorious. I mean, watching them, I, I get all the Bears promo videos and stuff, so watching them just jump and slide through the watery end zone, I mean, golly, what? that's football, man. So it was awesome. I'm excited. Well, I'm not ahead of myself. We're not going to be great, but <laughs> we're going to take we're going to take a lot of steps forward this season, and hopefully, very few backwards. And 
next season maybe maybe have a special offense, I hope. Love it. Thanks, buddy. Have a great rest of your week. We appreciate your time, Brady. Thanks, Good to fellas. see you today. All right. Yep. Great. See you guys soon. It's your man Brady Sexton from over at Scratch. How about that? Great, dude. They're scratch old fashions. Let's go. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's hit some more BV. I have not done a good job of getting your texts in here. We'll do that as well on the Home of Sooner Fan. All right, thanks to Brady Sexton. Uh, how about this note that just came across Twitter.com? Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, says when he was an assistant coach, he used to be able to make it from Sunday to Wednesday without showering. Whoa, wait. And he said he can't do that as a head coach. So he would shower Saturday, Sunday morning, probably before the game, looking good, and then probably break down film all night Sunday night after the game, sleep, wake up Monday and Tuesday, get an in-game plan. Yeah, you got to fit. I just – I don't know that about you. That is disgusting. I can't function without a shower. No. I've – on this subject – Go ahead. I've got a friend that, like, doesn't have bad body odor problems or whatever, right? But – does not shower as often as a person. You should shower every day you should shower. And if you're a football coach and you're working outside, oh, my goodness, you better shower. I, I get that that was probably made kind of in jest, too, but, I mean, that's disgusting. I just I can't fathom. Even just going to the bathroom. Like, I, don't you want to shower? Whenever it, it my. I don't want to throw anyone in my family under the bus. My kids hate showering. I, I'm, I mean, it's literally pulling teeth to get my eight-year-old and fourteen-year-old to shower. It's like, hey, you shower. We need you to go clean. Go clean. clean. My eight-year-old will go like she'll be like Mike McDaniel. It's like I just showered on Sunday. I'm like, it's Thursday. You know, let's go. I can't literally. There might be when I'm on road trips. Sometimes we got to wake up early and just go. That's one thing, but dude, I just, ah, oh. well, that that settles it. I hate Mike McDaniel now. Um, you wanted a couple of quick air comfort solutions texts. I would love to. Um, gosh, this stuff on Nebraska from the nine one eight is really good. Can I can I read this? He said, I don't want to make it sound mad, but you would think some of your guests are talking about Alabama or Georgia, but. Nebraska? They're awful. I guess that was a good dose of reality. I hope Brent keeps our boys in the game. Uh, I hope keeps our boys in the game mode to attack and dominate. Because if we walk in there like Bama did in Austin, it may get ugly. Oklahoma had nine months to make changes and let a new coaching staff implement their new schemes, period. What are they doing in Lincoln? They think they can turn around a program in six days? I'm so confused with these people up there. They really are from a different planet. They have a huge disconnect. It would be great to bring back nostalgia, but today's kids have no education that teaches them respect for history. Move forward. Nebraska is toast from here on. That's my prediction. Um. Is a university seeking out friendly advice from another school or possible tips on how they went about culture change? Is that a bad thing? For instance, would it necessarily be a bad thing for the Nebraska AD to reach out to Joe Castiglione privately and ask for some tips? Oh, I the, – the athletic director at Nebraska, Trev Albers, is very well liked from what I know. 
Uh, and I think he's learned a lot. I think early on he was listening to too many people when he was at Omaha. Parents. I think now he's gotten a little bit smarter about tightening up that circle. And you talk to a lot of people that had to make big big changes. Right? I think you I think you talked to Mike Bond out at USC. I think you talked to Joe Castiglione. I think you you picked the brain of guys like Gene Smith, right? Hey, what'd you see in Ryan Day that said, okay, this is the guy to succeed Urban Meyer? I think you you pick a lot of brains. You sure. have the people that you worked for and worked around. He's got a lot of friends in TV. So I would I would get with some people that have made poor hires and ask why they went that direction. It's mm. a good question. And maybe what tipped them off after the fact that, you know what, maybe I should have had that as a red flag. <laughs> True sooner. Mickey Joseph using the bigger than all of us comment. He must have been listening to Brent Venables when he was hired. Here's another one. Nebraska needs to follow OU's lead and find a good up-and-coming OCDC. Home run hires rarely work. Agreed? I agree with that 100%. I mean, they just need to find a football coach. I, I mean, if you go back, if you go back, you think this this offseason is a great example of, okay, let's let sexy hires were made, right? Lincoln Riley was a sexy hire at USC. Brian so Kelly, far, so good. Brian Kelly was a sexy hire at LSU. <clears throat> Not going so well so so far. Freeman would that be? A I don't think I don't think Freeman was a sexy promotion? hire. I think it was just an elevation, and that was kind of meh so far. I mean, he's zero two and lost to Marshall. But the way it was treated was like, oh, this is the next great greatest thing. elevation in the history of ever. And I would say so far. But usually, I mean, I keep going back when Pete Carroll was hired at USC. It was boring. He had been fired twice in the NFL. Right. It wasn't going well. He was. He was toast in the coaching world. And then, lo and behold, he gets that shot at USC and, and, and winds turns it around. Being, yeah. I mean, one of the best college coaches of that era. I'm trying to think of other like, – I, I would go back. I'd say when, when Bob hired Lincoln as his OC, I don't think people were high-fiving. They're like, we're getting a guy from East Carolina from the Texas Tech coaching tree? Meanwhile, you look in like the sexy hires. Urban Meyer at Jacksonville. Disaster. Right? I had a fight with Arnie. Sorry, true, uh, Vegas Sooner. Arnie, my Sunday night coach. He's like, hey, it's a Hall of Fame coach. It's the greatest hire ever. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's not. Home run hires. Ed Orgeron was the people's choice after his champ. I mean, two years after his title, he's fired. I think we need to block out a half hour every week to get Arnie on this show. No, I I, I can't I, have that. I know, but that's why I want to have that happen. Crazy. It's just so oh, good. Oh, gosh. He was ready to cut Trey Lance on Sunday night. I mean, I don't need that craziness anymore <laughs> than I have it in my life. Just I, once once a week is fine, huh? I think it's a really good point. You know, we kind of lose our minds on a big name but because they've worked other places. It doesn't necessarily guarantee it. Brent Venable said it in that cut talking about Nebraska. That is a fine line. That is a thin margin between, you know, being elite and falling off. And you got to – you got to be prepared. I, I just think we, you know, is this a matter of problems at Nebraska or Scott Frost not just being a good head coach? I think it's a combination. Scott Frost had one winning season as a head coach. They jumped all in on a guy that had they, – they fell into the trap, man. Sure. They fell into the trap of, okay, we've hired all these guys that didn't have Nebraska ties, and let's get back into we have to have a Nebraska guy. And we see this all the time. 
in coaching searches where we got to have a Michigan man. We got to have an Ohio State man. We got to have a Nebraska guy. And you know what? A lot of times that gets you in trouble. Um, but this is really good too. But just just to take us to the break, 918's been on fire, man. I love seeing Tulsa participate in this show. The way Venables reminisces about Nebraska, you got to think they really screwed up not going after him when they went after Frost. No doubt. I mean, revisionist history will never know what Venables would have or could have done in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, I mean, the next hire, it's going to show us, I think, again, Plank, whether or not, I mean, can this be done now at Nebraska anymore? But, yes, I think he would have taken the job. Right, just listening to the way Venables talks about Nebraska and in those games, I think they would have had the heartstring element, right, to get Venables to say yes. This is also one of those moments too, where we we remind you that in 2018, when Scott Frost took over the job, before someone tries to say something smart eloquently, like "Well, through two games, wasn't Scott Frost a hero at Nebraska?" No, no, no. Through two games, they were zero and two. Scott Frost, first year as a, a, a head coach, started out as an absolutely unmitigated disaster. They didn't win a game until October 20th when they beat Minnesota. So, yeah. As the great Steve Spurrier once said when he walked into his uh, final press conference with the Washington Redskins at the time, 5-11, and 11, not good. <laughs> not good, ladies and gents. This is funny. Josh is encouraging Trev to talk to himself. Yeah. Ask yourself, well, why did I make these bad hires, and how can I avoid that? Doug Miles. Look at Doug. I like Doug Miles. Doug writes, the choice of John Blake after Schnellenberger's fiasco was in large part due to his desire to get an Oklahoma guy. You bet it was. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. I mean, so many times those just don't work. Nebraska is the issue, not Scott Frost. They joined the Big Ten and lost that Texas pipeline. Recruiting hasn't been what it was ever since. Yeah, but, I mean, you're right next to Ohio and Michigan. I mean, there's places to recruit. Yeah, it's not just Texas, right? They've got other places. This is good, man. Air Comfort Solutions text line was on fire. I just The show was so jam-packed with guests. Thanks to Jess. Thanks to Nick Sinher for joining us here on the program. It'll be up on the podcast in a bit. In the meantime, quick break. When we come back, we'll put a wrap on this edition of the Plank Show right here on the Ref. Look at what, what all you got there? You got a extension cord. Getting ready for some high school. Well, you're starting to see like why I'm getting clinically insane here. Gotcha. This is enough to drive uh, a lesser man, a mortal man, again mad. Trying to wrap these cables up. I kind of want crazy. I want to hide these ruffles that were left in studio because I would totally eat them. Just watching my figure for this weekend. Yeah, who left those? I don't know, but I'm very grateful for whoever did. Now watch someone will eat them because it's a radio station, right? Someone's always going to eat food if it's left out. I want to just wrap on this observation. It is fascinating, intriguing. It's flat out fun to see how split we are on the topic of Nebraska. Not the state, not the restaurants, not places to go eat, the program. I would say, Josh Helmer, it's about right down the middle with people that think, oh, yeah, Nebraska, you can win there. You want to go take that job. And people are like, I wouldn't go there in a billion years if I was a head coach. Here's what I would say to the people that – Bring up the oh they lost the Texas pipeline and you know I just saw a text oh they can root 
they could recruit Kansas right. City and St. Louis, but nowhere else, and on and on and on. If Michigan State can recruit the way that Michigan State's been recruiting, then guess what? Nebraska can recruit well, too. I think it's always interesting to see what – and every recruit is different, and I think this has probably got to be what drives the Parkers of the world crazy. You know, what motivates each player is different, and each recruit is different. Some might be motivated by the idea to go play Nebraska because their dad loved them. they got great facilities. Others might want a coach that can get them to the NFL. Under, It's just it's, it's a laundry list of things. But that's one area where Nebraska has fallen behind. They you know, aren't getting great players. The biggest problem they've run into, Plank, is a simple one. They've been bad too long. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, I always talk about Robbie, my producer over at XM, and to him, Nebraska was always the game that Michigan State would win. Think about that. He's 20 years old, and Nebraska was always the game that Michigan State would win. That's how they review. All right, we got to go. Coming up, Steelman and Thune at noon. Steelman must be on remote. He's not hanging out. Steelman and Parker Thune next right here on The Ref. Have a great Wednesday.